what a privilege it is to be able to just be a part of what the Lord's doing right now. You know, my prayer is that God would help us to be fully aware and fully awake of the opportunities that he's bringing to us. I was sharing on a Friday night about uh, from the book of Proverbs and shared a little bit about um, in Proverbs 31 where it's talking about the woman, the virtuous woman, who is a, a metaphor also for the bride of Christ, and how she'd consider a field and buy it and and then plant a vineyard. And if you think of that practically, if you're just looking at it only on one level, I mean, I, how many women wives here actually bought a field this week? You know, it's, it's there is actually metaphorical um, and, and parabolic things that the Lord wants to speak to us through that, that passage. And I shared a little bit about uh, how we, we need to be recognizing and aware of the opportunities, the things uh, that are, are available to us. You know, this woman, she would consider a field and that she would consider it. She'd count the cost. She'd weigh it up. She'd look at and be aware of the opportunities that were there. And she'd think about it. Well, there's this opportunity and there's this opportunity. I could buy that. And then she counts the cost and thinks about it. And, and you know, the Lord asks us to be fully aware and fully awake, recognizing the, the opportunities that are available to us and not just sort of blindly waiting for someone to hand us stuff. But to actually begin to look and see, oh, that's an opportunity. That's an that's an uh, an area where I could really see the kingdom of God released. I could see the kingdom of God expanded. It's part of our original DNA. It's what we were put on earth for. Hallelujah. God put Adam and Eve, male and female, in his image in the garden. And he told them to tend the garden and expand it and subdue the earth. Hallelujah. And we are called, it's part of who we are as children of the Most High. We have a, an innate uh, desire to see the kingdom expanded when we are born again believers. Hallelujah. But he also wants us to consider and be aware and awake and aware of the opportunities that are available, to consider them carefully and then to count the cost and decide, well, am I willing to pay a price to see a vineyard planted there? Am I willing to pay a price to see God's kingdom established in that area? And then as we count the cost, and, and the Bible talks about also in Proverbs 31 about this woman, she delights in the work of her hands. There's actually a determination. I'm going to enjoy this. Hallelujah. I'm going to do this with joy and delight. And we're going to see uh, the areas and the things that God is giving me and my hand is finding to do. I'm going to do it with joy and delight and excellence to see the kingdom of God enlarged and expanded. Hallelujah. It's part of who we are. And uh, so that is our prayer, that God would help us in this season of great awakening, because it really is a great awakening that we are fully entering into right now that we would be fully aware and fully awake, aware of the opportunities, not waiting for somebody to give us a prophecy, waiting for somebody to give us an opportunity, but to see the opportunities. It might be your workplace. You know, that is, you're not there by accident. That's an opportunity. And you could see God's living vines. You could see God's kingdom planted there. You could see it expanded there. Hallelujah. So praise the Lord. I want to share a little bit more with you as we've been, I've been sharing for a few weeks now on Proverbs and the spirit of wisdom. So I want to share a little bit more with you about that today, but let's pray.
Father, we are so thankful for your word. We're so grateful, Lord, that you speak to us. And Lord, we ask and we pray, Lord, that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Lord, enlighten the eyes of our understanding to really know you, to discover more about you, to know you intimately. Father, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us through your word, that you'd help us to see and understand more about the Father, that we would know and recognize the hope of our calling, God, the riches of your glorious inheritance in us, the saints, and the greatness of the power toward us who believe. We thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. Everybody said... Amen. Well, I was talk, we've been talking a little bit about the Proverbs 31 woman. Now, before all the men switch off, this isn't a message just for women. In fact, so often I've looked at this Proverbs 31 woman and my heart sinks as I start to compare myself with her and realize I really can't be measured. I can't measure up, you know, and... If you were to take it completely literally and to the very letter of the law, if you want to be one of these virtuous women that are a Proverbs 31 woman, you'd really go and have to buy, uh, you'd have to go and buy a loom, you'd have to start a textile industry, a clothing manufacturing industry, sell it to the merchants. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot involved in this. But if you look at it and understand that this speaks on many, many levels, it is a wonderful example when you look at the principles in there of for for women of how how we can be inspired you know she's virtuous she's bold she's courageous she's got great business acumen hallelujah she uh, runs a household really really well she's uh, always doing things with delight and joy and excellence and so there's great principles we can learn from this but I believe that this was never meant to be something that we are supposed to compare ourselves with. And as I, after I had shared last week, a friend of mine came up to me. He was raised in a Jewish household. And he said, I recognize that passage. He said, that's what they pray as a blessing, say as a blessing over the women and the girls at Shabbat on, on the Sabbath. They actually bless the women and the girls with this passage, that it was never meant to be something that they are compared to, but actually blessed with, a declaration of, this is your identity, this is who you are. And I thought about that, and I looked at that some more, and I realized as we look at this and recognize that on, on another level, how much it really does apply to us corporately as the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, this bride... This perfect bride is the bride without spot, without wrinkle. This is the bright, shining bride of Christ. Hallelujah. And the Father wants to speak it over to us, not as a, a standard that we have to try and measure up to, but as a blessing and a declaration of our true identity. Hallelujah. He wants to bless us with the revelation this is who you are. Now, guys, if, if we get to be sons of God, you get to be the bride of Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It takes male and female to are made in the image of God. And uh, so I, I want to share this with you today and uh, just share a little bit more with you on this. 
Now, when, it's, when you look at the beginning of this chapter, it talks about this virtuous woman. And, but as I looked a little bit deeper into it and look at it in the, um, in the Strongs, at the Hebrew there, the word virtuous is actually translated chayil, which means a force, an army, wealth, virtue, valor, strength. It's actually a military type term where it's like virtuous, bold, valiant warrior. This bride is not some helpless female. She is the bride of Christ, is valiant, noble, warrior. Hallelujah. She is strong. She's like an army. She's wealth, virtue, valor, strength. Hallelujah. And this is the definition of what God says about us as his beautiful bride. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that when we've been born again, it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. Therefore, we have a new identity. Hallelujah. As the bride of Christ, born out of the side of the last Adam, we're no longer born um, of the line of Adam and Eve. We get born again of the line of Christ. Hallelujah. The last Adam. And we get a new nature. We get a new identity. And this, this passage speaks to that new identity. He speaks and declares, this is what my radiant bride looks like. Hallelujah. You are warlike. You're a warrior. My middle name is Edith, and it means warlike. You know, when I was growing up, I thought it was a very ugly name. I thought, why would, why would you? My, mother, my mother's middle name was Edith, and my great-grandmother's middle name was Edith, or something like this. And I felt quite sorry for myself that I'd been given the name Edith as a middle name. But when I grew up and I looked at the meanings of these names, Catherine means pure, and Edith means warlike. I thought, oh, I don't know if I like that. But actually, when we think about it in terms of the bride of Christ, I am called to, to stand up and be a warrior. And every one of us, whether you're called Edith or not, the Lord says, you are warlike. You are a warrior. And he wants to remind you that you are not some helpless victim. Hallelujah. You are strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. Hallelujah. Because our strength flows from him. Last night I was trying to go to sleep and um, there was, I just was having these different thoughts. I was thinking about budgets and finances and going through my head trying to add up different things and thinking about, I don't know if we, and I was worrying about this and trying to sort that out and noticing that the time was slipping away through the night and thinking, oh, I need to go to sleep. Stop thinking about this. And then I'd be thinking about something else, nothing particularly worrying or concerning, but just my mind wasn't switching off. More thoughts about this, and oh, what about this, and da 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 oh, somebody should do something about this, da 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 Interestingly, when I woke up in the morning and spoke to Tom about it, he said, actually, no, look at this. You have nothing to worry about. What are you, what are you going on about? And uh, I thought, oh, wish I'd woken you up in the middle of the night. <laughs> so you could have explained that to me without me having to go over and over it. But 
I recognized as I was as this was all going on, I began to recognize. I think this is an attack. I think this is warfare because it's just going over and over. And I was getting really exhausted with all these thoughts. And and then I started having these thoughts. I'm thinking, what do I think I'm doing? Launching out and expanding, you know, with all this television stuff. I don't think I can cope with this. All the warfare that goes on with that. Where do I think I am? I haven't got any capacity to be able to deal with this. And as soon as I had that thought, I recognized what was going on. You know, the Bible says that the wolf comes in sheep's clothing. He often dresses up in your own voice. But I, as soon as he said that, I went, I know who you are. This is the enemy. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So I just began to lean into God and said, help, Jesus. I know these thoughts aren't coming from you. And I know these thoughts aren't coming from me. These are coming from the enemy. They're coming to discourage me. And um, as I just closed my eyes, I had a vision of the Lord's hand, this big, strong hand. And I was holding his hand. I could feel it, just holding God's hand. But, you know, as I looked into it further, the hand of God is an incredibly powerful picture. The Bible talks about the hand of God a lot. He talks about the hand and calls it a, a yad in that um, it, if you look at the word, the meaning of the word hand, particularly if you looked at, um, say, the prayer of Jabez, where he says, um, O Lord, that you would bless me indeed. Let uh, Enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. When you look at the word hand, it actually means power means and direction and so here I am holding the hand of God and you could think well that's just a nice little thought but actually God was trying to tell me I am the source of your power I am your means and I am the one who will give you all the direction that you need if you will hold on to me and recognize what you have in me I haven't called you just to be a little victim that oh help Jesus Though he loves to help us. He's saying, I will give you help and I will remind you what you look like. And as I'm holding the hand of God, he begins to remind me, you are a warrior. You are a warrior. I'm holding the hand of God going, I don't go to sleep. Yes, you're a warrior. Oh, all right. Go away, devil. I just began to pray. I may began to make some declarations, began to speak the word of God. And you know... It's so much joy comes when you suddenly realize, hang on, I've been buying into a lie here for in the, in the wee small hours of the morning. I've forgotten who I am. I'm not some victim that gets to be bullied in the night. I am a warrior from whom my strength doesn't come from within me. It comes from the one whose hand I'm holding. Hallelujah. It comes from the one who is with me. Hallelujah. Our wonderful Jesus. And so I want to look a little bit more at this warrior woman, this warrior bride. Proverbs 31. And I want to look at this, verse 10. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It says here, Who could ever find a wife like this one? She's a woman of strength and such mighty valor. She's full of wealth and wisdom. The price paid for her was greater than many jewels. Now, as we look at that, and, and the Passion Translation is wonderful. It's got some wonderful footnotes there, and he reminds people of 
the, the price paid for us was Jesus. Hallelujah. We were, we were bought with such an incredible price. God himself came and gave his life for us. Hallelujah. You are so valuable. But as I look at it, I think, this is amazing. He says, you are full of strength. You have mighty valor. You are full of wealth and wisdom. Now, this is a declaration that God is not just speaking over the women. He's speaking this over everyone who is the bride of Christ. He wants to say that you are so valuable. He wants us to know, like it says, and I just prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, he wants you to know the hope of your calling and the riches of his glorious inheritance in you. You are God's inheritance on the earth. You are so valuable. In fact, Jesus was so excited about you that he says, it's better that I go away because the spirit of God will come and live in all of these ones. You are my inheritance in the earth. I pray that you will know and understand what your worth actually is. Hallelujah. It's not so that we get puffed up with pride. It's so that we begin to stand up with a holy confidence that recognizes, praise God, I have been joined to Christ as part of his body. Amen. She's a a woman, uh, it says here, a woman of strength and mighty valor. She's full of wealth and wisdom. You know, this scripture, um, there's a scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. It says here, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Do you know you have the mind of Christ, you have the spirit of wisdom, and he has given you power to get wealth. It's part of the blessing that God wants to speak over you as the bride of Christ. Now, if you have a problem with that, God doesn't. His desire for you. Now, as a parent, I don't think there's anyone in the room that would think, I have a desire that my children will really suffer lack and and be impoverished all the days of their lives. Most people are hoping that their children will succeed and do well in life, right? How much more does God desire that you would... Be wealthy, that you would do well. I know people cringe and say, oh, don't say that. This is part of the blessing that God wants to speak over your life. He says, I've given you power to get wealth. It's part of the blessing of God. Get over it. Receive it and say, thank you. We need to come into agreement with God and believe that he has given us power to get wealth, that he says about us, You are full of wealth and wisdom. Hallelujah. That you are full of wealth and wisdom. You have the mind of Christ. That when you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I can understand this. I don't know if I can figure this out. You can stop and say, thank you, Jesus. It's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. I have the mind of Christ. The spirit of wisdom. You said if anyone lacks wisdom, he can ask and you will give it without reproach. Thank you, Lord, for the mind of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of wisdom. Hallelujah. And I've been encouraging people to actually spend time spend time fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom. If you look in the, um, the Hebrew meanings of the different artifacts in the temple, you could look at the menorah, the stand which has seven lamps. 
and it's beaten out of one piece of gold and the, there's one lamp stand with six branches on it and it's a picture of the seven spirits of God one God but the seven spirits of God the different attributes of the spirit of God and the the primary character that we see in Proverbs is the spirit of wisdom hallelujah and the Lord is looking for us to actually take advantage of the invitation that he's giving us. Proverbs continually talks about this woman of wisdom calling out to people saying, come here, if you're foolish and you need, if you're simple, come here, I've got a table laid for you. I'm calling out to you from the highest places saying, come in here, come and fellowship with me. Now we can see that and go, yes, yes, that'd be a good thing. I should get wisdom, that would be nice. Or we can engage in that passage with faith and say, okay, I'm going to accept that invitation. I'm going to come and fellowship with the spirit of wisdom. And I've been doing that recently, just getting uh, quiet with God and saying, Lord, I need to fellowship with you as a spirit of wisdom. I need your wisdom. I thank you that it's your delight to give it to me without reproach. So I want to fellowship with you. I want to respond to the invitation. Wisdom is calling me to come and have fellowship. And so I, I want to respond to the spirit of wisdom. And as I've been doing that, it's been amazing. The ideas that I get, these fantastic ideas that definitely have not come from me. Brilliant ideas. And he wants to give you ideas about business. He wants to give you ideas about all sorts of things going on in your life, things you didn't even know you needed wisdom about. He has got glorious ideas. He's got the ideas of how to bring you into a success. He's got ideas of how to see the kingdom expanded. He wants to give you all sorts of wonderful ideas for your life. Hallelujah. This is his delight. You are full of wealth and wisdom. Hallelujah. You're full of strength, you're courageous, you're brave. This is the blessing that God speaks over us when we begin to look at this Proverbs 31 woman as, as the blessing of the Father spoken over the bride of Christ. But there's a, a verse in here that actually has become very personal for me. Verse 15, I want to look at it first in the New King James. It says here, and this one used to really annoy me. She also rises while it is yet night. Seriously. I mean, I need eight hours sleep a night. And if I'm to do that and arise while it is yet night here in a Brisbane summer, that means I've got to get up like four o'clock in the morning. And I mean, I often don't start preaching till after 8.30 at night. So how am I going to do that? But at, praise God, I can see that the Lord is actually wanting to speak to us about a principle. He's wanting to speak to us on a parabolic level here. She arises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion to, for her maidservants. In the Passion Translation, um, Brian Simmons has brought it out like this. He says, even in the night season, she arises and sets food on the table for hungry ones in her house and for others. And as I thought about this, you know, I began to think about this is one of the blessings and part of the identity God wants to speak over every one of us. That even when you are going through a night season, 
you are still somebody who arises, shines, and goes out and is a blessing to people around you. Very often, when we're going through a difficult time, a night season, what we want to do is go and get under the doona and put the Netflix on. Eat some pizza or some Cadbury chocolate. But actually, when the enemy is there saying, hey, poor you, it's terrible, you need to just go and run away. I mean, normally, when we go through something difficult, the, the normal human response is to retreat. We want to retreat, we want to go into self-protection, we want to get everything that's comfortable and safe around us, and we want to retreat. But the Lord speaks over his bride and he says, when you're going through a night season, when you haven't yet seen the breakthrough, when things are looking really dark and really difficult, he says, this is who you are. You arise, you get up, and you are a blessing to everybody around you. Hallelujah. I remember um, years ago, I was going through a really difficult time. We had a, a really distressing thing happen in the family. And, you know, I was up, you know, most nights till three in the morning, weeping, wailing before the Lord and crying out. I was going to throw everything away. I was going to just stop all ministry. I didn't know why, but I thought I, there's no rationale to it, but it seemed to make sense at the time. I thought, oh, just give everything away. You'll do anything. I'll do anything. God, just fix this problem. And and I finally, I think on the second night, oh, fix the problem. When I first, when it first happened, you know, I said, Lord, what's going on? And immediately he spoke to me. He said, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I thought, that is so not what I want to hear right now. But I was grateful for it because years later, it took years for this to, to come and be resolved and for the breakthrough to come. I thought it would all be resolved in a few days. But after it wasn't resolved in a few days, I started hanging on to the word. Thank you, God. It's going to get better. Even though it gets worse, it's, and it did get much worse, it's going to get much better. Hallelujah. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. And praise the Lord, it did. But while I was going through this, um, this night season and just saying, I'm going to stop everything. I'm going to give up everything. I said, speak to me, God. This is on the second night. And he, said, he just gave me chapter and verse. Just like that. And so I turned to the book of Matthew. Chapter 14, I'm so grateful for God. He is always there for us, even in our night seasons. Hallelujah. He is right there. He knows exactly how to comfort us. And if you'll go in faith to the comforter, he will give you the comfort that you so desperately need. Hallelujah. He will not let you down. Matthew chapter 14. So he gave me this. I could hear it so clearly. Matthew 14, 13. I had no idea what it was. Um, but I went and I, I had a look at it. So it was a story about um, Jesus when he had heard about John the Baptist being beheaded. Now, John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. He was probably the only person on the planet who actually really understood who Jesus was at the time. 
He recognized him. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was the one that leapt in the womb when he heard Mary's greeting he, and was filled with the Spirit when Jesus in the womb came close to him. And when Jesus heard that Herod had beheaded him, it must have been painful because this is his response. He says this, when Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. And that's the thing we want to do when we get bad news. We just want to withdraw. We want to just, okay, hang on, I've taken a real hit here. This is really painful. And he went to withdraw, went to go to a deserted place by himself. And that's what I was doing. My form of withdrawing was just dropping everything, cancelling everything. Because it's, it's a natural reaction. Just want to withdraw. But it goes on to say, But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages to buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have only, only five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. And we know that then Jesus went on to feed the 5,000. This is directly after hearing the news of his cousin being murdered. Jesus went to withdraw, but he had compassion on the people instead. And he fed them. This is the picture of the bride arising in her night hour to provide food, to bless people in the midst of her darkest hour. Hallelujah. That in the night hour, instead of withdrawing and, and licking her wounds and being sorry for herself, she gets up and she provides food. She provides blessing. Hallelujah. This is what God says about you. When you're in a difficult season, he says, you are not a victim. You are not a victim. You are the light of the world. Hallelujah. Arise, shine, for the light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Hallelujah. Light shines better in darkness. So God declares that over us in our night seasons. I think also about Peter. And like he was in a night season after he denied Christ. He had the natural reaction to drop everything, quit everything, and go back to fishing. <sighs> Things are really bad. I've blown it. I've completely blown it. Blown it really badly. And so he just withdrew. But I love it. As soon as Jesus saw him and Peter responded to, to, to seeing Christ, the first thing Jesus said to him was, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. You know, this is who God is. And this is who you are. When you are feeling condemned, the Bible says, even when my heart condemns me, he is greater than my heart. Hallelujah. He calls me out for who I actually am. He doesn't say, you pathetic person, you failed. He looks at you and he says, I know who you are. I'm calling you out. And then we see 
um, on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit was poured out, who was the one that was the spokesperson there? It was Peter, and he was preaching to the multitude, and 3,000 were fed with the living word, and they were saved. Hallelujah. The delight of God, it's interesting, even in our night seasons when things are difficult and hard and you decide to, to believe what God's saying, yes, thank you, I thank you, God, you tell me, I am a warrior, I am not a victim, I arise, I shine. You know, when you step out in your night season while you haven't yet seen your own breakthrough, you will see greater breakthrough than you've ever seen before. We know this, Jesus feeding 5,000 people when the enemy had come to discourage him. Boom, this is the reaction. We're going to go further. We're going to go harder. We're going to go bigger. Hallelujah. When I, um, when I read this passage, you know, I had in my mind just to quit ministry, just to drop it all. And praise God, the Lord challenged me. He says, I, I want you to have compassion on the people. I want you to, to go out. I want you to take the power of God to heal them. I want you to go out and I want you to feed them. And, and so I made the choice to keep going. And you know, in that few years, while I was still waiting for our breakthrough, I saw more fruit and more miracles, more souls than I had seen in my entire ministry to date. I could have spent those few years in deep depression and it wouldn't have pleased the Father. And praise the Lord, the breakthrough eventually came. But, you know, I believe we've got to be careful of the enemy's devices. When he comes and he brings an attack or a discouragement or something happens, we need to recognize it is not a disqualification for you from ministry. If you've been attacked with sickness in your body, for instance, the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Hallelujah. You aren't necessarily doing something wrong, and, and, and I must be doing something wrong when I'm sick. A lot of people, when they face sickness, they also allow themselves to buy into the lie that they should be ashamed somehow. I'm telling you now, that is a lie from the enemy. The enemy hates you. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Maybe it's because you're righteous. Maybe the enemy has attacked you with sickness because you're righteous. It's scriptural. But the good news is you don't have to put up with it. You can thank God you deliver me from all my diseases. Hallelujah. You are my strong and my great deliverer. I can pick up the sword of the spirit, lean into the, the, the arms of the Father and know that my strength flows from him, that the spirit of God will show me the way of escape, will give me power to rise up and pick up the weapons of my warfare, not back down like a victim, but stand up and fight. Hallelujah. But also, in the midst of whatever battle you're going through, whether it be sickness, whether it be a hardship of some form, that must never be the thing that determines whether or not you feel qualified to go and be the light of the world to people around you. If you are suffering with sickness and you have compassion suddenly on somebody else that has a sickness... Don't let the enemy whisper in your ear and say, well, well, that would be very hypocritical of you. 
Because the Bible tells us that you have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. You may be suffering with a temporary affliction. Does that change the identity of who you are? Does that change the reality that it's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you? As you're sitting in the, in the waiting room or the treatment room or in the hospital, do you have to sit there and feel like a victim? Or are you there with an opportunity that you can recognize and say, hey, this is a field I can bring the kingdom of God into. There's people around here who are dying. Let me go, Father, and feed the hungry. Let me go and rise up as the one who is the light of the world. Are you the light of the world when you are suffering with an affliction? If you've been born again, yes, you are. We need to be aware of the enemy's devices. If you're feeling discouraged, does that mean that you can't then be an encouragement to somebody else? The answer is no. I'll say it again. If you're feeling discouraged, does that mean that Christ in you doesn't want to encourage people around you? No. If you're sick, does that mean Christ in you is somehow hindered from being able to move in the power of God for healing? No. The heart of God for every one of us is to believe the blessing that God speaks over us. Believe the identities that he's giving us and not buy into any lie, not take on any identity based on circumstances that the enemy might try to throw at us because they are temporal. They are things that the enemy has sent to try and shut us down and we've got to recognize it quickly and respond righteously. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It says here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Oh God, give us an eternal perspective. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. What is this in season and out of season? I think it's talking about your night seasons. In your night seasons, in your day seasons, when you're feeling great, when you're feeling miserable, thank God the just don't live by emotion, the just live by faith. We must believe in season and out season the truth of who we are in Christ so that the world around us can be blessed with the light of the world. Without actually recognizing, hey, in season or out of season is irrelevant because I'm dead. I reckon myself dead and alive to Christ. Hallelujah. Whatever's going on in this realm, I am seated in heavenly places with him where it is righteousness, peace, and joy. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Therefore, I am anointed. I am qualified to preach the good news of the gospel to every person and take the bread of life to those who are desperate and needy. Now God speaks these blessings over us deliberately and we need to recognize that it's an invitation. 
I'm all about invitations and response. The word of God to me is just one big invitation. And he is waiting for your response. He's speaking these blessings, these decrees over you. But we need to respond. We need to come into agreement with God. And one of the best ways to respond, I believe, to the promises of God, to, to respond to this particular blessing that God's wanting to speak over our lives, speak over our identity, is actually to come into agreement with it verbally. To begin to step up and to agree with God. The Bible says that uh, the weapons of our warfare are mighty. They're not carnal. They're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. There is a real war that goes on. And we don't have to be victims that just put up with it and say, Oh, God, I'm being attacked. He's saying, Yes, remember who you are. Pick up the sword. Come into agreement and speak the word of truth. Submit to the Lord, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Hallelujah. You need to pick up the word, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And when you start to come into agreement with God, it's a two-edged sword. Spoken out of his mouth, one edge, and spoken out of your mouth, the other edge. It cuts both ways. And when you speak it, when you declare it, when you decree it, you create we're made in the image of the one who created the world with his words. Who do you think you are? Your words have power. Your words have creative ability. Hallelujah. And so we need to come into agreement. So one of the ways that I have just, as I've been studying um, Proverbs and, and looking at this particular passage in Proverbs 31, um, I just began to, to pull out a few declarations. So it says here... Um, as you read through Proverbs 31, you can see all the different attributes, and you could probably make a whole lot more. But I, I just began to make a few different um, declarations based on different scriptures through here. Now, he speaks over us that we are strong and valiant warriors. So I've written down and made a declaration, I am a strong and valiant warrior. Now, if you feel uncomfortable, well, I don't know about talking about us, Praise God. It's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. You need to wake up and recognize. This is my own personal little list that I made of declarations. I'll send it out um, on, online this week if you'd like. But I thought we might make some declarations together as we finish today. We're going to start with this first one from Proverbs chapter 10. Uh, Proverbs 31. I've written it wrong there. Proverbs 31 verse 10. I am strong, I'm a strong and valiant warrior. Let's say it together. I am a strong and valiant warrior. This next one, Proverbs again, Proverbs 31, verse 10. I do all things with excellence. Now this next one, you can see it all the way through Proverbs 31, but you can also see it very clearly in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. I walk in the righteousness of Christ. This woman, she is holy, she is valiant, she is pure. Hallelujah. You are valiant, you are pure, you are holy, you are righteous. You do righteous works. Hallelujah, I declare it over you. Let's read this next one together. I am extremely valuable. Proverbs, again, 31, verse 10, and Ephesians uh, 1, verse 18. I am wise with money and have power and wisdom to gain wealth. Deuteronomy 8.18. Next one. I enjoy my work. 
She delights to do it. Hallelujah. She delights in the work of her hands. It's a good thing to declare when you get up in the morning. I enjoy my work. Hallelujah. Next one. I recognize and carefully consider the opportunities available to me. I count the cost and willingly pay the price to sow and to reap for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Next one. I am fruitful in season and out of season. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I am generous. I exert kingdom authority in every area of my life. Can you feel the anointing that comes when you start to make these declarations? These aren't just nice little affirmations. This is the word of God and it has power to bring change. It is true spiritual warfare. Hallelujah. Let's say that again. I exert kingdom authority in every area of my life. I am confident and unafraid. I am filled with joyful hope for the future. My life brings glory to God. My sons and daughters love and respect me. We can see that very clearly in Proverbs 31. Her, her children rise up to call her blessed. That can be your, your natural children, the, those that you're discipling. You make that declaration. My sons and daughters rise up to call me blessed. They love and respect me. My spouse loves and respects me. God loves me, celebrates me, sings over me, and cheers me on in righteousness. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He is so good. He is so good. This is the truth of what God says about us. This is the truth of the declarations he speaks over us. Hallelujah. It's his good pleasure to declare the truth about your identity. You know, whatever thoughts you might have about yourself, you need to line your thoughts up with the truth of what God says about you. He says that you are fruitful in season and out of season. You are a blessing everywhere you go. You are so valuable. You are a gift to every person that you meet. Everyone that sees your smile is going to be impacted by the glory and the presence of the Lord because you are the light of the world. Hallelujah. Father, we say thank you. Holy Spirit, we invite you, Spirit of Wisdom, to remind us of this truth, to speak this blessing over us. Help us to come into agreement with the truth of what you say. Help us to agree with what you say and who you say we are. Help us to truly know you and to fellowship with you intimately. And Lord, I'm asking that the more that we get to know you, the more that we will hear your voice singing over us, rejoicing over us. Help us to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. Lord, we're asking that you'd supernaturally strengthen us so that we would know Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith, that we would be the just who live by faith. Papa, I speak the blessing of God over them. I bless them, Lord, to gain wealth. I bless their health. I bless them in their business. I bless them in all of their uh, comings and goings. I bless them in their relationships. I bless them physically, emotionally, financially, relationally. In every good thing, we speak the blessing of God over their lives because it is your good pleasure, Lord, to give them life and life more abundant in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to pray for a couple of people right now um, before we take communion together. Are you happy? Yes. Praise the Lord. 
Does it feel good to come into agreement with what God says about you? It is powerful. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom and power. Mean what you say. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns. 